I'm Brian Weisskall. I graduated from science in 2010. I grew up on the Upper West Side, briefly lived in Riverdale, and I currently live in Queens and work in finance. I remember graduating from a really small private middle school in Manhattan. I remember seeing people that looked differently than I was accustomed to growing up. I remember seeing people smoking cigarettes. I remember seeing people board the board the bus and take the train and talk to each other. And I didn't know anyone or know anything. And I remember being in a, in a pretty big state of shock. It was challenging for for all the reasons other than the academic reasons, which actually proved to be challenging in their own right. Yeah. So uh, in those first few days, do you remember a couple of the first moments where you felt like as small as it is, something clicked where you, you were like, oh, I know how to do that thing now. Or I know where that is now. I think little things like remembering which side of the train platform you wanted to be on and having a group that you knew you could look to see a couple of people during your lunch period, you know, when you know someone's name in each class, I think that was a big thing. I think those, all those things added up and you, you grew into your comfort zone. And then, you know, it kind of unfolded from there where being a sophomore was more fun than a freshman and a junior was more fun than a sophomore. And then ultimately being a senior was more fun than a, I remember that I just didn't like being a freshman. I think my first year in high school, my first year in college, and my first year in the real world all <laughs> uh, you had pretty steep learning curves. Yeah, so that's, that's interesting. Uh, you can go as deep or as shallow on that as you want, but what do, what do you think it is about those? Is it just the transition time and trying to get to know yeah. things? I went to really different places as at each phase and each stage, and I think that there was a lot of stuff that I had to learn, and, and I had a sense of arrogance at, at every point, and I... A crow. I don't know if that's a, you know, uh, the appropriate term. Maybe there's something more descriptive. But I remember thinking, yeah, I really, really struggled through that and need to get better at that because I thought I had that figured out and maybe I didn't. Mm. What What was it for you that you the tools in your toolbox you felt yourself using over and over again? The The biggest thing is having a self awareness. I think that was really prevalent at science where. As long as you understood what the people on the on the cheese bus in Manhattan <laughs> thought of you, and you thought of the people on the Vallow bus in Queens, and the Hill kids, and the street, you know, the schoolyard kids, I think that having a self awareness was, you know, was really helpful all the way through. You know, so you can kind of know what other people are thinking, and then that helped in, you know, in college, being a kid from New York and in, in the real world, being young and in business, obviously having a self-awareness is really important. What version of you, when you imagine what those kids were seeing, how do you describe what it was they were seeing? I mean, I think it would depend on the kid, but I think that there was there was a clear uh, sense of entitlement and, a, and an arrogance that kind of went along with myself and my peers in high school. There was a, a, a shrewdness and a, and a hustle. And I think that hopefully, you know, on the baseball field and in, in other different capacities, you know, having people over at my place or kind of growing as a person kind of transformed into hopefully more, you know, leadership roles and, you know, responsibilities. But I think that overlooking the um, sense of entitlement and arrogance might be short-sighted. Hmm. Yeah. When the last bell rang... What was Brian doing? Always loved sports. Played played baseball for a couple of weeks there. I was on the moot court team. How did oh. that go? It was interesting. You got a, a first 
firsthand exposure to the the corporate world in New York. That's where we had our practices. But I always butt heads with the skipper. <laughs> it was it was run by a guy named um, Stuart Simmons, and I didn't agree necessarily with all of his coaching philosophies or necessarily the playing time that he doled out across <laughs> the across the roster. But he always had his you know his antenna up in the dean's office, and I think. We, you know, he told one of my friends that we mixed like oil and water. We would constantly butt heads and go back and forth. And I thought he, you know, I thought he wanted me to get under his, yeah. under his skin. And I certainly, certainly knew how. And I tried to remain as unaffected from his antics as I possibly could. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you can keep it, but we, yeah. we, we booked bets for a few weeks there in junior and senior year. We. What do you mean by that? Because that's not like something that everyone thinks of like a 15-year-old doing. Right. We Everyone thought they knew a lot about the NBA in high school. So I thought it would be good to kind of get there before school and print out some lines and give people a chance to handicap the action and put up, you know, put up a couple hundred bucks to open up a sports book. And um, it was a lot of fun. And I, it turned out that there were no kneecaps taken care of. I hope, first of all, I hope I'm protected by the, no, you know, absolutely. I don't want any you know legal ramifications from this interview, but it was a lot of fun. It was a good way to talk to people that I didn't talk to before. Um, you know, we always bonded. We always enjoyed the games. I always had a side. They always had a side. So it was really fun. I always looked forward more towards when the bell rang than while the bell, you know, while we were in between bells yeah. or the bells were going on. So for you, uh, this is really fun, by the way. I'm really enjoying this. You're, you're, you're a good. Your seriousness you're good, is, is you're very good. disarming. <laughs> you're a good um, boy, man. You have to take your, your, you know, this is your job now. So I'm, I'm not going to take your job seriously. How are you not going to take your job exactly. seriously? Exactly. So your seriousness is appreciated. Um, you know, thinking about the place and you talked about a couple ways over the years you stepped into formal or informal leadership roles. What were a couple of spaces where you went like, oh, I see another way that this could go down and let me step in and chime in with my two cents? Or was that everywhere? I think it was everywhere. When you think you're smarter than everyone else, you want to make things better and show people that you're smarter than everyone else. And you can do it to be kind of a prick and get under people's skin, but you can also do it to kind of make things better and treat people well. I think that there was always really important that I had friends at every level of school from all different all different kinds. I wanted them to have common interests with me. I'm hyper, kind of hyper focused on on certain things, but I think you wanted to help help people get along. And I thought science was a really cool place for that. It was a cool place to kind of you know bring the best out of everyone and i thought that if you could kind of know people's names and ask people what they're doing on the weekends and make sure that they had if you were having people over they could come over and yo why aren't you inviting us over okay fine you can you know we probably had a dozen of those conversations in your year and that was really good and now i think it's the same thing when you get a new person out at work or you meet someone new who's looking for directions. I think it's all the same stuff. Like you look people in the eye and you, you had to do that at science more than anywhere because the people were more different yeah. than, than anywhere you'd probably been before that. Yeah. I mean, I, full disclosure, we were friends, of course. Right. Uh, we'll be stipulated on this. Absolutely. Disclaimer. No, but I, I, I do think in a place where there were 3,000 kids from across the city and around the world, and very often it was oil and water between everybody. 
I do remember like it got to a point where you were making concerted efforts just to, even if it was in like mm-hmm. a surface way, to just kind of bridge the gaps between people a little bit. And even if they weren't having an intense conversation about, you know, their, where they came from, just be in the same room together comfortably. Yeah. If we, you know, if we weren't laughing, we were crying, you know, like, <laughs> it was just, what are you, what are you doing? At, you know, what are you doing later? What, yeah. do you, what do you do when people aren't looking type of type of deal? Yeah. Well, I appreciate the compliment. It's no, nice I of mean, you to say, Daniel. I, uh, I mean it. <laughs> so what, what were a couple of moments for you, whether it's academic or otherwise, pretty serious challenges where you're like, oh, shoot, I don't know if I can do this. The first six months were, were rough and there's only, there are so many people here and I already don't like so many. How am I going <laughs> to get along? You know, how am I going to get along? I think that a lot of the challenges at science arose from kind of the, you know, the the good and the bad. The good was you had 3,000 kids and everyone was great. And the bad was that it was super, super bureaucratic and that there's only so many ways to organize and herd 3,000 people. <laughs> and it was like a lot of times I felt like I was going to school at the DMV, you know, like, <laughs> you know you, or Zabar's on a Saturday for most of your listeners. <laughs> Yeah, you get the, you know, take your number and just hope it gets called or hope your issue gets, gets addressed. And, um, you know, that was, that was definitely a, a struggle and, and an issue. And then towards the end, the biggest struggle for me was to just sit through focus and get through my schoolwork, um, you know, which a lot of people by then took for granted. I, but I had a, you know, for a long time, had a trouble reading and, you know, if you were a slow reader or didn't read overly efficiently, it was a tough place to go to high school. Honestly, I don't really think that I had my reading skills developed until I was in college. What, is that, like, what does that mean to you, reading skills developed? To be able to read, understand, and feel like you learned something and can talk about it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I did that with Catcher in the Rye or, you know, it's definitely nothing on the summer reading list. But, uh, yeah, I didn't take to those, didn't take to those until I started reading recreationally and then but i just i wasn't a good reader in high school and because i wasn't a good reader i wasn't a very good student you even have to read the periodic table and the various other things that you need to do i wasn't i struggled with that a lot yeah i mean i remember you saying that and kind of being like well what does he mean by that like people always read at different levels well, think about when you read a book and you don't like what you're reading or you're not taking to the book you read it slower and you don't understand it Think about if every book or anything you read at the time you were 19, 18 or 19 or 20 was something you didn't like or didn't understand, you know, didn't yeah. feel like you were clicking. I mean, you ever read Infinite Jest? I tried reading Infinite Jest. I, it was just simply above my reading levels. I thought, like, at this time, I can't read it. This was a year ago. That's how everything seemed. Then. Yeah. Even, like, Gatsby or, you yeah. know, the stuff that was on every reading list that everyone was supposed to understand. I really struggled with mm reading, understanding, talk about it, and then doing the assignment again and again and again. One of the things and one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you for this project is because I thought more so than probably anyone else I know, you're, you do this sponge thing, right? Where you take in things that make sense to you and work from the world around you, and then you figure out how to apply them in whatever it is you're trying to do. So like your, your eye is never off. And I remember like watching it. It's like kind of just watching folks do what they no, do. It's a people watching it's heaven. Yeah. 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 So it's a, it's a yeah. great place to, it was a really good place to people watch. And, and yeah, we learned a lot about a lot of different, a lot of different people and, and things. And that was really, really cool. 